This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. And online at SBNationLive.com. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Clark Judge, Rick Goslin, and Ron Borges. Well, it's a new year, and while we're not partying like it's 1999 here on the Talk of Fame Network, they are in Buffalo. Goose, what a great way to end 2017, and what a great story going into 2018. Yeah, I, I was there when it all ended for Buffalo in 1999, the Music City Miracle. Fifteen quarterbacks and seven head coaches later, the Bills are back in wow. the playoffs, so tip of the cap to the survivors, Coach Sean yeah. McDermott and quarterback Tyrod Taylor. Well, Ron, as you know, the Bills, not only uh, they're not only in the playoffs, they're up against a former coach. That'd be Doug Marone. Yeah, Doug Marone in game one. And, and he was pretty clear the other day on what all that means. Someone's saying the significance of playing your former team. He goes, the past is the past. Uh, Ron, what does that mean? It means if he doesn't get his team past the Bills, he'll be a patsy for the team he walked out on. As my <laughs> mom would say, not good, son. Not good. <laughs> Who do you like in that game? Uh, I I can't like the Bills because I've seen them go three and twenty eight against the Patriots, and I I just think that especially if Lashawn McCoy is uh, at the best of it, very limited and and more than likely only playing if he's on chemical uh, enhancement. uh, I just don't see how they win. Well, lucky for them, they're not facing Tom Brady, and you know, lucky for us, we're not necessarily focused on this weekend's playoff games, though we will look at them as much as we're focused on this week's announcement of the Hall of Fame's class of two thousand eighteen finalists, fifteen of them, as you know, and one. Former safety John Lynch, now the GM of the 49ers, is here to talk with us. So to his historian, a good friend John Turney, a pro football journal. And we're going to hear again from cornerback Everson Walls, another of the 15 finalists for the Hall's class of 2018. You know, I was, I was heartened to see that uh, Joe Jacoby uh, is back for his last rodeo and, and Everson Walls is back for his first and last rodeo. It's good to see Edward James get back uh, on the ballot after being a year away, away a year. I was surprised that there were five offensive linemen advanced. Right. Yeah, actually, I think that's troubling for all of them because um, <clears throat> we know what the history is of, of a position that's jammed like that is everybody negates each other and nobody goes forward. You know, you like player A and I like player B and you like player C and somebody else likes player D and nobody can get enough uh, votes. That's a pretty big. I mean, that's a third of the of the, of the finalists, I think. Yeah. Not yeah. that picture, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, Kramer, so that's six line. Jerry Kramer's a six line. And, and yeah, that's defense. right. So I think yeah. that makes it, that makes, that's going to make it tough on all. Well, we got a lot to get to, and we will right after these messages. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Clark Judge, Rick Goslin, and Ron Borges. Welcome back to the Talk of Fame Network, the first Talk of Fame Network show of 2018. Hey, uh, did you guys stay up the other night to see the, the ball drop at Times Square, Goose? Unless they drop that ball at 10 p.m. Central, you're on board. I guess that's a no. How about you, Ron? <laughs> Sure, I love to, to to watch it because uh, I love to see idiots freezing outside, and I love to see Mariah Carey nearly naked. You know, it's just two good things. Well, have either of you been there or actually stood there, Goose? I know you lived in the area to see it. Either one of you? Nope. Actually, yes. Uh, for one night, I did it uh, for the only reason anyone would ever do it, because some woman wanted to go. And so I right. trotted along, proving that I am a moron like everyone else. How long ago was that? Long time ago. <laughs> what would it take to do it now, Goose? Uh, a miracle. How about you, Ron? 
a gun to the head of my family. <laughs> well, speaking of the ball dropping, it dropped on several head coaches this week, including the Lions' Jim Caldwell, who had a winning record. Uh, Goose, biggest surprise? I thought Jack Del Rio. I mean, the guy won 12 games a year ago, and it, you're firing him now, this one little blip. Uh, he had some injuries this year. That, that one... I couldn't figure out because I thought he got the Raiders back on track. He went in there and changed the culture, changed the culture, cleaned out the locker room, got the thing going, and then because Mark Davis has fondness for John Gruden, you're going to fire him? Right. Come on. Yeah, you saw what um, Charles Woodson said afterwards. He thought he brought respectability to the team. I, I agree yeah. with him. Yeah. Well, Goose, um, I, I, I want to ask Ron this because the Raiders are his team, not the Patriots. He covers the Patriots, so the Raiders are his team. Ron, I, mentioning uh, Jack Del Rio here, um, yes. I want to ask you about just – what was Mark Davis doing having him, and I mean Del Rio, announce his own firing? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Those are your Raiders. Not real classy, do you think? Well, here's how it is. Pirates lose the doubloons. They got to walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it is. You've got to get up there on your own and walk the plank. You know, we'll, poke no. you with a, we'll poke you with a sword if we've got to. But, uh, you know, it was a little wacky, but, you know, uh, a lot of things that go on out there are a little wacky, as you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think with Mark... You know, he looks at John Gruden and thinks, he and I go to the same barber. That kind of guy. <laughs> He's looking at John Gruden the way Dan Snyder looked at Joe Gibbs. That's right. Yeah. Bring back the past. Yeah, sure. Well, we're not here to talk New Year's at Times Square or coaching changes, although we have. Um, but we are here to talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2018 finalists, which was announced this week. Fifteen modern-era candidates are, and, and there are four first-year eligibles here, Steve Hutchinson, Randy Moss. Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher, plus running back Edron James, tackles Tony Belli and Joe Jacoby, guard Alan Fanica, center Kevin Mawai, wide receivers Ike Bruce and Terrell Owens, safeties Brian Dawkins and John Lynch, who's coming up later in the program, and cornerback Ty Law, and surprise, surprise, cornerback Everson Walls making his first appearance in his last year, meaning the 20th of eligibility. Guys, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, he deserved to have his candidacy discussed. I mean, he's done things that, that no cornerback has ever done. I mean, he's the only cornerback to lead the NFL in interceptions three times. Ed Reed is the only other player at any position to do it. He's fifth among pure corners in interceptions. He, he's got a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. He played his entire career at corner. He deserved to be in the room a long time ago. I'm just glad he gets in before he shuttles off into Ron in my lap in the senior pool. <laughs> Plus, he's been a frequent guest on the show. Yeah, exactly. Makes him qualified. He loves this. He loves, he loves this. And a good guest, I might add. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is good to see him in there. And certainly, Talk of Fame Network, uh, uh, I think, helped uh, yeah. revive him. Uh, right. Uh, you know, having said that, uh, I just want to point out that he's the post, you know, he's he is sort of one of these kinds of guys. I would use this as an example of why life is so difficult in the senior committee. Because, you know, he's thinking in this year, as Goose says, plop those in there. And it should have been taken care of a long time ago, you know, one way or the other, in or out. In or out. To go, for him to go 20 years would never be talked about, uh, you know, it's it's really unfathomable to me. And you can, yeah. can argue whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, but someone <coughs> has to give you the chance to argue. And, and, right. and too many of these guys really didn't get that opportunity. You know, I, I tell guys that the, the window, there's about a 10- to 12-year window of eligibility. You wait your five years, and then 
the next 10 years, when the voters all know who you are, where they remember you as a player, that's your, your, your golden opportunity to become a Hall of Famer. And when you slide out of there, all of a sudden the voting panel changes and people are now sitting there that never saw Everson Walls play. Man. And it's tough Man. for them to judge Walls. I, I don't know what happened that for 20 years he slid, 19 years he slid. But I'm, I'm just thankful that he's going to get a chance to be talked about in the room for once. Well, Goose, you also have to feel good about Jacoby making it. I mean, I realize he's been in the room. I realize he's been in the room a couple of times. But this is his last call, too. I mean, this is his last chance to make it as a modern era finalist before he slips into what Ron calls the abyss of the senior pool. Yeah, I've, I've always been a strong uh, Jacoby uh, advocate. I think uh, this is a guy who I think he, he waited 17 years to get in the room the first time. And, and again, yeah, that's right. Why is that? Why, why does that? How does that happen? You know, I, I do think we should cycle more names through the room. You know, I think a lot of times someone would be on the bell for 10, 12 years before he finally gets in. That's 10 or 12 other candidates we can't talk about. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was heartened to see that Jacoby finally got in the room. And now in his last year of eligibility, this is, this is it for him. Because, yep. you know, Ron and I are sitting there waiting for him in, in 2019. Well, Ron, other than Walls, who would you consider the biggest surprise here? If, in fact, you consider Walls a surprise. Uh, well, I do, just because when you've been out that long, you know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's pretty tough. Uh, I would say in an odd way, Edge, uh, even though I, uh, I, you know, you guys have heard me talk about him before, and, and you know, I'm an advocate of his, but, um, you know, when you disappear the way he did last year, almost unfathomably, uh, yeah. you do have to sort of ask yourself, like, saying, well, you know, there's been some turnover on the committee, and, and you know, have, have people sort of decide, like, how many of these Colts are we going to put in? You know, I don't know what happened to him. So uh, I was a little concerned that somehow, you know, Goose and I in our dotage were going to look up and say, hey, there's Edge in the senior pool. Hey, we got to put him out of there before he drowns. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, he's, he's back in there. But, yeah, I, I just thought that somehow he was – maybe he got Everson Walls. You know, so suddenly he was getting caught up in the wash and forgotten. So I'm glad he's back. Yeah, yeah no, I'm was, glad he's back. That was Go ahead, The other guy uh, – you know, I, I was surprised that uh, Isaac Bruce. There's been so much talk about Moss and Owens, Moss and Owens, yeah. and, and yeah. we're going to put them one, and we're going to both in, and all the other receivers seem to have been forgotten. So it was it was heartening to see you know Bruce show up here. Now this is such a tough site. We we told six all decade players, including three first teamers, that they weren't good enough to make the cut. These are guys who were semifinals. Richard Seymour and Steve Atwater and Leroy Butler. We said, yeah, you're first right. all day. You're not good right. enough to make this. This is a tough, tough process. Yeah, right. No, no, I agree yeah, I with mean, you. When you think about that, you know, at least in theory, people decide you were the best player at your position or one of the two best players at your position for 10 years. And see you later, fellas. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's a crazy process. No, there are 17 well, you know, players. There are 17 players on the ballot, including the, the seniors, and 14 of them are all decade. Right. And huh. we're going to be able to, what, six, seven? Yeah, You're going to leave right. a lot of all-decade players, again, out in the cold. Well, it's funny, Goose, you mentioned Ike Bruce. You know, when the NFL Network on Twitter sort of previewed the unveiling of the names, they put Randy Moss and Terrell Owens up there. Those are the two guys they put up there. <laughs> um, Goose, biggest disappointment in this group? Oh, you know, I, was, I don't know if it's a disappointment. I was surprised. No pass rushers. Mm-hmm. You know, both Bryce and O'Neal didn't make the cut. I think both of them were certainly deserving of being in the room and being discussed. 
for the first time. Um, these are other guys that, that, that have been fighting. Uh, I, I thought one of the two had a chance of getting in, but what really blew me away was those five offensive linemen. I mean, that that yeah, cleared right. out a lot of spots. You know, I'm hey. wondering, Ghost, this just, just you guys were talking, this just thought just sort of hit me. They'll never do it, of course. But maybe they should be some sort of positional limit. In other words, you can you know, two of these guys are you know, three of this position, as opposed to five at one position and none at any other position. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, the, you know, the, you wouldn't have 22, but, uh, you know, it's just because it's, it's, I don't know, it, it, maybe it wouldn't work. It just sort of popped into my head that maybe that would a little bit, at least in terms of getting some new names in. Well, Ron, I'll tell you what is going to work. We're going to step away here. But I want to... This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Clark Judge, Rick Goslin, and Ron Borges. Welcome back to the Talk of Fame Network, and welcome back to our conversation about this year's Class of 2018 finalists, and I'm talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, of course. There are 15 of them, with nine on offense, including five offensive linemen and six on defense. And what there aren't are head coaches. There's no head coach among this group. Now, there's no Don Coriel, there's no Jimmy Johnson. Both were semifinalists, and neither one of them made it here, where Coriel was a finalist the past uh, two or three years, I think. But um, And at one point, two years ago, it was a top ten finalist, but neither one of them made it. Goose, you surprised? No head coaches? No, both these guys have been in the room. We've, we've heard the arguments, uh, and I think it's it's always tough for a coach to go head-to-head with players for these five spots. And I do think, and we've talked about this in the past, until we move the coaches into the contributor category, right. I think all these guys are long shots at best. And I think people realize, well, why, why should we give these two guys spots in the finals? Because they're not going to get in. Yeah, How about you, Ron? That, yeah, I think that's true. And I, and I think that, in at least in the case of these two guys, uh, as you guys know, Tom Flores is my pet peeve. Uh, but at least of these two guys, they've had opportunities in there. It's, uh, Coriel has had you know, more chances than my first wife. I mean, he's had a lot of opportunities. <laughs> You know, so I don't feel that badly about it. You know, I think there's some uh, some new names amongst players, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Uh, uh, somebody like Everson Walls, for example, he doesn't get in if Coriel's back for his 119th appearance in the room. You know, right, uh, right. And, and as Goose says, whether you love Don or not, uh, it's clear he doesn't have enough votes to go forward. So he he takes a chair that, or he takes a spot for someone like Walls who maybe does have a chance. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I I did love Don because I covered him, and, and, sure. and I love watching his offenses and dealing with him. But you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's time to move forward. Plus, he's had plenty of opportunities, and I agree with Goose. I think some point here you're going to have to make coaches contributors, and and that would open the way for them. Um, but I don't know when that point is. Um, Goose, I, I don't I don't think I'm really going out on a ledge here by saying uh, former linebacker Ray Lewis, who is of course one of the uh, four first year eligibles to, to make the list of, of finalists. I think he's the favorite in this group. I mean, I said it last week when did you state your case on this show. But but after Ray Lewis, who do you believe is the you leading candidate? You and Jack candidate? Del Rio out on, a, out on a plank there. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who do you think? Yeah, I'm not getting pushed by Mark Davis this time, however. Um, who do you think is the leading candidate going into the room? Other than Ray Lewis. There are five other first-team all-decade players on the list. Dawkins, Fanica, Moss, Erlocker and Hutchison. Take your pick. You know, Dawkins and Fanica went to nine Pro Bowls base, so I'd probably say one of those two. But when you're talking a first-team all-decade guy, you're talking a Hall of Fame player as it is. Okay, Ron, take your pick. 
Well, I think, you know, if you, if you just go uh, with those guys that Goose listed, uh, to me, it, it's Fanica. You know, you should go yeah, in ahead right. of Hutchison because he's waited. Uh, and, you know, why do you jump Hutchison over him, for example? I can't think of any reason. He's got, you know, all these Pro Bowl appearances. We all know he's a great player. Uh, and, you know, you might as well put him in and get it over with so you can move along. Except he hasn't been a top-ten choice in the two years he's been no, over. I know. That's what I don't no, get. I don't I get know. it. Well, I, I think it's the position. He's a guard. You know, it's, a guard. It's, he's a guard. You know, it's a, you know, yeah. I told you guys a story before about, you know, Stan Jones gets in the Hall of Fame, goes to look for his – his rookie card for his kids in the store, and they say, who are you looking for? I'm looking for a Hall of Fame player. Oh, he must be in here. What position do you play? Guard. He said, no, he's over here in the commons. This <laughs> is a guy said, wait, I'm in the Hall of Fame. And I think any guy who plays guard, I mean, what are you hanging your hat on? You know, mm-hmm. other than Pro Bowls, what, what are his stats? You know, well, I don't know. Yeah. He blocked a lot of guys, you know. And, uh, that's tough. Well, as you guys know, we're going to have John Lynch on here in a matter of minutes, and, and he's a returning Top 10 is sure from 2017. Uh, in fact, he's been the top 10 the past two years. But Brian Dawkins has top 10 finish from, from 2017, too. And, uh, we had Kenny Easley go into the hall this summer as a senior candidate. Uh, Ron presented him to the group and did a good job. But uh, I guess my question, guys, is this, and Goose, I'll ask you. Is this the year we have a modern era safety make it? And if it is, if it is, is it Lynch or is it Dawkins? Well, Dawkins was a first-team all-decade player, and Lynch was not an all-decade player. He's one of only three players on this ballot that was not an all-decade player. So that, that doesn't help. But, you know, Lynch, he's been in the queue, and if you believe the guy's a Hall of Famer, then mm-hmm. you really should respect the queue. And he should be moved along. Right. But I, right. I think Dawkins has probably got the stronger candidacy. You know, they both went to nine Pro Bowls, but one guy was all-decade. One guy had more interceptions, more fumble recoveries, more sacks, and that was Dawkins. See, and that's yeah, the thing, Clark, that, that I think makes, uh, uh, confuses not only people outside the room, confuses uh, many of us inside the room. If, if the room was to go with Lynch and Dawkins doesn't get in this time, you know, it, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense for people to say, wait a minute, you rejected an all-decade player for right. a non-all-decade player? All right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but you didn't reject him. You just simply kept him on hold. I mean, well, he's, yeah, he's going to get you know, in. He's going to get in. But, well, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I yeah. think that's an argument that you made inside that room. And, and Ron, I want to ask you this, speaking of safeties. I mean, Steve Atwater, Leroy Butler, we had him on the show last week. Neither one of them made the cut. Um, yeah, yeah, I know Leroy Butler has time, but, man, the clock's running out on Atwater because I think this is his 18th year of eligibility, and, and, and that was disappointing to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel badly for Steve. Look, I saw him play a lot. Uh, he was really a disruptive force. Um, I think, uh, frankly, I think he's probably got penalized uh, because he doesn't have great uh, interception numbers. But that wasn't what they asked him to do. That wasn't the, Man. you know. And it's funny if you have interception uh, numbers, especially if you're safety, then they say, "Well, you didn't tackle." Well, if right. you tackle, then they say you don't have interception numbers. You know. All yeah. I know is th- is this because uh, I saw him play plenty and talked with many uh, people about him. If you were on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and Steve Atwater was out there. You are a nervous Nelly for sixty minutes. Yeah, and, all right. And that's what that position's about. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, to over long that safety queue yeah, because yeah, because Palomalo and Reed are coming. Yeah, they're yeah. coming. Right. Um, and Goose, and, and I want to stop here just to tell our listeners that in addition to these. 15 modern-era candidates. Um, there are also two senior nominees, guard Jerry Kramer, linebacker Robert Brazil, as well as contributor candidate Bobby Bethard. They're all going to be presented to the board on September, on February 3rd. There's actually, there's actually three senior nominees. You want to count Ty Law? I mean, <laughs> Jefferson Walls. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> right. But, um, they'll be all they'll be presented to the board the day before the Super Bowl. And, and the difference, of course, with the senior and contributor candidates is that all these guys, uh, they, they can make the senior contributors candidates. They can all make it. We're only five. Only five of the 15 modern era candidates are elected. So that's tough. I mean, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. If Jerry Kramer makes it, it's not costing a modern era player a spot. Right. Right. Uh, and and, and if, if Robert Brazil makes it, you're still going to have five modern era slots plus two. So for Kramer, you're not voting. You're not voting against any other offensive linemen. They're standalone candidates who are voted before we even start the process for the modern era candidates. Yeah, I got to tell you okay. guys, and I've said this before, uh, and proven to be wrong, story of my life. But if Jerry Kramer doesn't come out of that room as a Hall of Famer, it is a room full of horses' asses. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, well, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent People never saw him play. Yeah, I know. That's right. I, mean, how, right. How, uh, I, know. I know. And 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 what I was then. Uh, how can you vote against them uh, when you know the gr- group of nine guys that that you've basically given the responsibility for for putting a lot of time into these seniors has brought them back twice? Yeah, exactly. And bring out you know, the, we're, we're commissioned to bring out the best candidate, right? If we think he's the best candidate. How can how can you knock him out? Right, especially yeah, so, if you don't if you don't know anything. You know, you haven't seen him. You don't. You know, and look, I get it. You know, the, uh, if I was in that room and they were talking about uh, you know Pudge Huffelfinger. I don't know, Pudge Huffelfinger, great name. Uh, you know, so I would go with the, you know, the trust the, your work the committee, the trust yeah, the committee, right? You know, right, I agree, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes those people think, yeah, Kramer, why are we bringing out kind of Seinfeld? No, Jerry Kramer, <laughs> so Jerry Ron, how do you, Kramer. Ron, how do you think the offensive line thing plays out? I mean, take away Kramer from the mix, you got five of right. you got five guys. All these guys, I think, are Hall of Fame worthy. How, how do you think this thing plays out? I really think none of them make it. Uh, unless uh, uh, unless there's some sort of uh, backdoor deal made uh, to bring somebody in particular forward, I, I, I think they're going to negate each other. You know, well, uh, l- you, you, you think the people who like Steve Hutchinson are going to vote for Alan Fanica? They're not. Right. Yeah, I remember the one year right. we hit um, those four uh, four pass rushers. We had, right. these got four pass rushers in the final fifteen, and they all got knocked out in the vote to ten. Right, all four of them because it's, they completely split the room. Well, Goose, speaking of splitting the room in log jams, there could be a log jam of wide receivers. Now, remember when you had Carter, Brown, and Andre Reid, and each year they canceled each other out? I mean, this year we've got Moss, Owens, and Bruce again. So, I mean, do you think the same thing happens there? And if if it doesn't, who's the first to break that jam? I think it's going to be interesting to see how this committee handles Moss after how they've handled Owens for the last couple years because Moss has his own set of bags. Right. And if you if you want to be play hardball, look at you didn't let Owens in. We're not going to let Moss in. And Isaac Bruce actually may benefit. He may be the one survivor if it gets testy in that room between those two wide receivers. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, no, uh, I'm not going to be in a position to. You know, you guys all know how when you're presenting uh, uh, people, you got to be a little more circumspect uh, what you say about other candidates. Um, but I was talking uh, recently with a guy who played many games, many, many games against Randy Moss. And, you know, he, he has no doubt about what a great player he is. He also has no doubt that there were there were games where he was not even there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me that's a first ballot Hall of Fame? Yeah. That's well, Ron, this is a guy who says, I play, I play when I want to play. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to be kept out, but I do think he could be kept out this year. Yeah, well, I think anybody who, who put the wood to – uh, Terrell Owens, you know, for being uh, you know a bad teammate and all that. I don't know how you can can vote first ballot for Randy Moss. Then you're just you can. a fraud. 
You know, I mean, yeah. Ron seems like Ron's come out at our side about the first ballot Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, you yeah. know how I feel about. It. I'm just saying, if you feel uh, that that's important, yeah. how do you make right. Randy Moss the first ballot Hall of Famer? Johnny Unitas, Jim Brown, Lincoln Jones, Randy Moss. No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it'll be fun. This discussion will be fun this time. Well, I, I think that Moss Owen thing is going to dominate things. And a goose. I, I think you're right. I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. You could slip in one problem though. He's not all-decade. He wasn't an all-decade receiver. And, you know, Jacoby could benefit the same way as the last year of eligibility. If all those offensive line knock each other out, he could be the guy that slides in. Yeah, you're right. Well, one guy who is a finalist and should be is waiting to sit down with us, and he will right after we break for commercial. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Clark Judge, Rick Goslin, and Ron Borges. Well, we've been talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame's finalists for the class of 2018, and no surprise, former safety John Lynch's name is on it for the fifth consecutive season. Now, I say no surprise because John was a top-ten finalist the past two years, which means he's locked and loaded for the next move forward. But as GM of the San Francisco Niners, he may be locked and loaded there, too, with John Seam winning his last five games this season with Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback. And John's our early choices executive of the year for getting Jimmy G to San Francisco in a trade that may have impact for many, many years. Uh, John, as always, welcome back. And I know you have a plane to catch, so we'll try to make this quick. Well, it's First great to all, be Happy New Year to, to you guys, and uh, thank you for having me on. You got it, John. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, first of all, I said this is your fifth straight year as a finalist, and it is. Is that still a big deal around your household, or is it all about taking the next step forward now? Well, of course it's a, it's a big deal, Clark. Uh, you know, I think one thing that I've, uh, I've tried to do with this process at the, at the urging of some people who I really respect who waited themselves is enjoy it each and every time and, and be humbled by it. Um, you know, whenever I see the list of the guys that are along with me, these are people that that I revered, people that I respected, my peers in some instances, some some of the guys played before me. And so uh, these are guys I have a great deal of respect. So to be included in their company is always tremendously humbling. Uh, would it be nice to take that next step? Absolutely. And, and you know, fortunately, you guys have been this longer than, than, than me. But uh, the trajectory, as you mentioned, is to be going in the right direction. But we'll see. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm humbled to once again be included. Hey, John, Brett Favre told us he never thought about the hall, that playing the game was a reward in and of itself, that he rarely ever thought about uh, a Boston can. How about you? How important is all to you? Well, you know, I think the only time you think of it is, is when you when you're up for this kind of deal. I, I think that's one uh, to think about those. But no, during during my playing career, I can tell you that I think I was in year five or something at Tampa, and I really started playing well. And I remember Jerry Angelo, who was our GM at the time, um, you know, just writing me a nice note and saying, "Hey, you keep playing like this." you will have a chance at Canton. And I remember that was one of the few times during my career I thought about it. Um, but I did always want to be one of the best. I, I, I did love the game so much, and I worked incredibly hard to be the best, to max out whatever talent that I had. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm proud of the career that I did have. I'm proud of the impact I left on the game. And, um, you know, that's it's always nice to, you know, and as I said, but also a tremendous honor uh, to be to be mentioned, uh, you know, to get to this finalist, um, because not many people do. 
You know, John, we've talked to a, a bunch of guys who've been in your position. Uh, at, we'd like to ask them, you know, what the day is like for you, the day of the vote, when you're waiting for us three knuckleheads and the 45 other guys to, to vote and make our decisions. Some guys say they don't really think about it. Other guys say every time the phone rings, they're jumping around. Uh, what was yeah. it been like for you, uh, especially as it gets close to, you know, 5 o'clock or 5.30 and you know the decision is coming? Um, it, it's a little gut-wrenching, gut to be to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think all of us that have gotten this far are used to uh, – used to situations where we have some some level of control over it, <laughs> that we can control the situation, and there's absolutely nothing you can do. And so I think that's probably what makes it more gut-wrenching is that, you know, people are kind of deciding your fate on something that would be tremendous, but that you really have no control. So I don't know if it gets easier, <laughs> if it gets harder each year. It is a little gut-wrenching, though. I try to stay busy, usually at Super Bowl, and I try to stay busy and, and – uh, consume doing some other things to keep my mind off it. We're speaking with Ford Nano's GM and Hall of Fame finalist John Lynch on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And, John, uh, there were four safeties, as you know, chosen as semifinalists this year, which is the highest number for the highest number for any one position on the board. Uh, question for you. Do you think that's an indication that voters seem to have finally warmed up to that position? And if you do think so, do you have any ideas why? Yeah, you know, I know I've been on with you guys in the past, and I, I think kind of the way I was raised, I was never taught to to really uh, trumpet yourself. Um, but the one thing I have been pretty forward in is, is trumpeting that position. I think it's underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. I think uh, the position is a significant one and has been for some time. I think some of the guys that are now being mentioned were at the forefront of why the position is as impactful as, as it as it is now. You're asked to do a little bit of everything, and as a result, you can have a huge impact on a game. I remember having those conversations with Tony Dungy when he came uh, down to Tampa and had a vision for how he was going to utilize me, how he felt like that could in many ways change the way the position is played, and so I think we take pride in that. Um, I, you know, I, I, It is exciting for me to see um, the, the representation now amongst safeties, and I hope that somebody, if not, uh, you know, hopefully it's me. If not, hopefully one of these other guys uh, gets in. And um, I, I think the position can get the due that it deserves for the impact it has a, upon games. You can change games at that position, and, and I think players do each and every year and have for some time. Hey, John, help us with this. What does a Hall of Fame safety look like? Well, that's a, that's a tough thing, um, you know, to, and I think that's part of the problem, Goose, unless you're Ronnie Lott, who had 60-plus interceptions. It's, 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 uh, that's difficult. But I, I think it is that impact on the game where um, when you talk to people and you talk to offenses and they said, if we didn't account for him, he was going to ruin our game plan. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what I think of when I think of the great safeties is, is people that you, you best – uh, account for. They're going to ruin game plan. And uh, I think the reason is because you do a little bit of everything. You're back at the, at, you know, as the last line of defense. You're up like a linebacker at times. You're blitzing. And so essentially playing a D lineman. And so you can, uh, the versatility that the position calls for, I think the guys that play it best uh, were able to do a little bit of all of that. And I think that takes a great deal of ability and talent and, and aptitude and wherewithal and all, and all of those things. Well, you know, uh, John, you know, having somebody from New England here on the uh, on the line, myself, uh, you can't get out of here without a Jimmy G question. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and the question is this, uh, which, believe it or not, I actually asked last week, which probably is a reflection of my lack of intelligence. But 
Did the Patriots trade the wrong quarterback to uh, the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to argue when you have arguably the greatest of all time <laughs> there already. So I can tell you this, that we're, we're very pleased uh, with Jimmy. It was for two for us. He's a guy that, that we, we coveted uh, and had had made some inferences to, you know, in the off season, which were quickly shot down and, and, you know, things broke our way. And, uh, you know, and even then you still just don't know. He hadn't played a ton of football and he still hasn't, but what we've seen, we really like, we think it has an opportunity to be a special player. What I saw here, uh, was a guy that made everybody around him better. And I think that's what the great players do. And, uh, you know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy has shown, in a, albeit in a small sample size, that he can kind of lift the team. And, um, you know, I think that also coincided with a bunch of our young players really improving. Uh, so I, I don't think you put it all on him, but uh, you can't argue with his record, <laughs> which has been pretty good at the end of this season. And it leaves us very encouraged moving into the off season, And we're going to go to work on keeping him as a 49er for, for a long, long time. Were you surprised well, John, at all at, at, at how – and what he's done, I mean, has he done more than you thought he was likely to do in such a, you know, coming in there? Yeah, I, I knew um, that he was a special talent. He could see that on film, the quick release. Um, I, I also knew that it would be a challenge when you acquire someone at that position in the uh, in the middle of the season, particularly with Kyle Shanahan's offense. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of verbiage in it, and I thought that, that might be real tough to overcome. Uh, you need an off season for it, and so what that does is just leave me even more encouraged because what he's been doing, I think he's been doing with a limited understanding of of what he's being asked to do. Now we can really get in the off season to the whys. Kyle can really train them to his system, but I think they're a perfect fit for each other, and uh, um, we're sure glad to have them. John, you, you said that you know five and zero is a small sample size, and seven and zero career is, is a small sample size, and it, and it is. But you also said you, you want to work on a contract to keep him there for a long, long time. Sounds like you believe on that sample size that you've got yourself, for lack of a better word, franchise quarterback. Do you? Yeah, we really believe that. We, we do. And uh, I don't want to hurt my negotiating position, but uh, you, you know, <laughs> I, I've, always, I've always been fairly forthright. And we really do. And, and we think uh, he's got an opportunity to be special. And uh, you know, what he showed us, it wasn't perfect by any means, and there's things he wants to improve on, uh, but he made us better. And uh, when you get it at that position, uh, you know how it can lift lift the organization. He had that effect on our organization, so I think it'd be foolish not to want him to be around for a long time. John, how exciting is it to be going into the draft with a chance to make market improvements on your roster and give Garoppolo a chance to make this team something special? Well, that's you know, that's the key is that it's not just about Jimmy. We need to build a championship roster around him. And uh, what I'm excited about, in addition to everything I've just mentioned, is that we have the resources available. we got a lot of money uh, available uh, at, at our disposal, and we have a lot of draft choices. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think we're well set up, provided that we make good decisions. I was proud of the decisions we made in our first year, and uh, we needed to continue to work uh, tirelessly to so that we continue to make good decisions. Uh, I think you saw 15 rookies really contributing for us. Um, so we've got a lot of good young talent, and we, we need to continue to plug some holes and uh, improve the depth of our team such that we can withstand some injuries that just come with this game. And uh, If we do that, we're, we're well-positioned. I'm not going to make any promises about you know where we're going next year, but our plan is to be a, you know, get the Niners back where they belong, and that's 
competing for championships, and, and uh, we're excited about the path we're on uh, in, in um, relative to that goal. Just to get back for a minute to the uh, uh, to the Hall of Fame issue with you, uh, you know, most people look at the at the field and kind of handicap the field. You know, the, this five offensive linemen, which one do you like? You kind of rank them and so forth. Uh, do you go through any of that exercise when you look at the list of 15 and you see, uh, you know, four defensive backs there? Uh, do you kind of say, well, okay, let me rank these guys. Okay, I'm number one. What about these other guys? You know, or do you just kind of go, ah, well. Whatever. No, I really try not to. I, I try to, you know, I don't know if it's uh, one thing I learned is they kind of uh, stick to what you do. And, um, <laughs> you know, that, that is the challenge with this is that, you know, I've talked to so many guys who have been through it. Your, your resume has been written and it's been written for a long, long time. And so um, it's, you guys have, I don't know if it's enviable or unenviable. It's difficult. I know that task of deciding uh, who belongs. And, and I, you know, I, I think I respect that. You know, hey, if Jim. people ask me, do I feel like I belong? I do. I, I Unless I had a Hall of Fame worthy career, but that's not for me to decide. And uh, I am excited, though, like as you guys said, that, that there's more safeties being recognized. That to be in there with three other DBs in the final fifteen—that's kind of cool for me. Well, the board thinks you belong too because you've been a top ten finalist the past two years. And as I said, you're, you're sort of locked and loaded, ready to go. Um, I, I want to ask you one more Jimmy G question, and, and that's what you said earlier. We just kept plugging away, and, and I just sort of wonder, you know, you got him for a second-round draft pick, and, and a lot of people said that's a steal, and there were other teams that were involved. What was it, John? Was it persistence? Was it timing? Was it luck? What got him to San Francisco? I mean, did, did you ever give up on the whole deal or not? Uh, we had. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I, I don't think it was uh, a lot of those things other than maybe luck. And um, I think also, uh, you know, relationships. I think yeah, we have good relationships with those folks. I'm not going to go into the conversations because we agreed not to, but uh, I think relationships matter in everything. And uh, I, you know, I think uh, fortunately, as I said, at the end of the day, things broke our way. And uh, that was a big, big lift for, for us. And, and uh, I'm not too worried about how it happened now. I'm just glad we have them. <laughs> hey, John Lynch, thanks for the time, and we'll see you in Minneapolis. Thanks so much. Always great talking to you guys. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. You got it. That was 49ers GM and Hall of Fame candidate John Lynch. Up next is the two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Clark Judge, Rick Goslin, and Ron Borges. Now for the first time in 2018, Pete Morelli gets to do this. That's the two-minute that's right, it's the signal that we're on to the two-minute drill. So, guys, let's get started. Best part of New Year's weekend, last games of the season, college bowls, or Twilight Zone marathons on the Sci-Fi Network? It was not having to travel to Philadelphia to watch that wretched Cowboys finale. <laughs> the best thing is $100 worth of Chinese food and watching the ball drop at Times Square because it is a reminder that you are at least smarter than some morons in America. You're Roger Goodell. What's your New Year's resolution? Be kinder to Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft. <laughs> Leave the discipline to the vice principal of discipline. You're Alberta Riveron. What's your New Year's resolution? Install a throne in the replay room on Park Avenue. <laughs> Resolved. I will learn the meaning of the words clear and obvious or the word ego. You're Jerry Jones. I guess you're rich. What's your New Year's resolution? Find a wide receiver who can catch my quarterback's passes. To keep my mouth shut for the next 365 days. Good luck. 
How should Bills fans repay Marvin Lewis and the Bengals? They already have, donating almost $40,000 to Andy Dalton's favorite charity. Uh, by convincing him to be smart and stick to his retirement plan. Why is Hugh Jackson returning after two years of 1-31? and 31? Because there must be a bio clause that triggers after a second victory. <laughs> because you can't blame a man for losing a gunfight when you hand him a slingshot. Downsizing is a movie about A, a family that shrinks, B, Brown season's victories, or C, Dave Gettleman's first week on the job as the Giants jam. D, the Chargers moved to Los Angeles. E, the Patriots coaching staff. <laughs> the Browns have the first and fourth picks of the draft. Whom should they take? Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley. I'll make it simple. The first and fourth best player in the opinion of anyone but their own front office. <laughs> John Gruden, Jay Gruden, or John Jay? Jay and the Americans. Good one. Like it. Like it. Joey Jay, first guy to play in the Little League World Series and the Real World Series. I like that one, too. The Bears just gave GM Ryan Pace a contract extension. Why? Because his team went 4-0 against AFC this season. Because somebody had to clean up behind John Fox. That's going to do it for the first hour, but don't go anywhere. Coming up, we're going to hear from historian John Turney, Hall of Fame 